Hello, and welcome back to Battle Plan, a podcast focused on spiritual warfare. I'm Steve Hemphill. Please visit our website at active-faith.org, and you can email me at stevehemphill1 at me.com. The last episode, we talked about the uh, step four of the ancient covenant, that a sacrifice is required. Today, we're covering the original ancient covenant step five, the walk of death. Now, this step is very intriguing and will take a little extra thought and attention to understand and connect some dots. As I've mentioned before, notice what Abraham said to God right after he promised him land and descendants. This comes from Genesis 15, 8 and 9. Abraham replied, O sovereign God, how can I be sure they'll actually possess it? The Lord told him, bring me a heifer. Now, nowhere in scripture does God tell Abraham, what to do with the heifer. He just knew. He cut it in half. That's how covenant procedures work. After the heifer was cut in half, both halves were laid out side by side with enough room to walk between the halves. So keep in mind here, there's lots of blood. Uh, An animal, a large animal has been cut in half. What happened was the two people that are entering into a covenant would walk through the blood together. This signified that if either party ever broke the covenant, then they were to be killed, just as dead as the animals that were sacrificed to provide the blood for this part of the ceremony, which is really a a good word to use in referring to these steps. They're like a ceremony that changed everything. When you get to this step in the ancient covenant proceedings, it gets a little strange. So bear with me as we look at the verse and try to decode what's going on here. Here's the verse. Genesis 15, 17, and 18. And when you read the whole passage, by the way, Abraham gets tired sitting there waiting on God to show up so they can do their walk of death together. And he's an unseen being. You know, how do do you do that? So he falls asleep and he kind of wakes up in a stupor. You know, you're kind of half awake when you're first waking up. and And it says in Genesis 15, 17, and 18, after the sun went down and darkness fell, Abram saw a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between the halves of the carcasses. So the Lord made a covenant with Abram that day. What in the world? You got a smoking fire pot floating in the air and a flaming torch floating beside it? What in the world is this? Okay, let's break it down and see if we can decipher what's going on here. God had noticed Abraham's great faith. They were friends, as we discussed previously. God gave his friend a promise, land and descendants. Abraham responded with, how do I know you'll do what you're promising? God says, get a heifer. See, normally two humans making a covenant would walk through the blood together between the halves, and then they would turn to the right and go back, circle back to their starting point while they're walking around that half of the heifer. And then they would walk through the blood a second time together, and then this time turn to the left and encircle the other half of the heifer as they return to their starting point. So so apparently, Abraham knew that it was the next step that was required, but he didn't know how to walk together with an unseen being since God is invisible. So when you examine the context of this event, you see Abraham sitting there waiting for God to tell him how to execute this part of the ritual, and he waited so long, he got sleepy and dozed off, and during his slumber, he had a terrifying darkness that encircled him. Uh, Genesis 15, 12 describes that in LT. It says, as the sun was going down, Abraham fell into a deep sleep and a terrifying darkness came down over him. 
why or how was this darkness terrifying? Scripture doesn't really tell us, but one possibility is that it was still broad daylight and God made darkness encircle Abraham and the smoking fire pot and flaming torch. And, and, and that way it would be the focal point. When you're in the darkness and you see a flaming torch floating in the air, it's a focal point. It draws your eyes to it. And perhaps the darkness hid this action from any potential person viewing this from a distance. We don't really know that part. And so, as I said, normally two people would take that walk of death together. So God made two items float through the air to travel the figure eight pattern of the death walk and woke Abraham up to see it. After the sun went down and darkness fell, Abram saw a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch pass between the halves of the carcasses. So the Lord made a covenant with Abram that day, Genesis 15, 17 to 18 NLT. See, God was keeping Abraham from promising something he couldn't deliver. He took the walk of death with him, without him, I mean. And see, what, what Abraham couldn't deliver was 100% compliance with the terms of the covenant. Comply perfectly or be executed. That's how covenants work. So could God keep his half of the promise perfectly? Yes, he's God. Could Abraham perfectly obey the covenant command every time, every day, his whole life? No, he's what we call human and he's bound to sin at some point. So by keeping Abraham from promising perfection, a perfect life of obeying the covenant every day and having to be executed when he violated the covenant, God prevented that by sending a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch through the infinity walk. You know, a sideways eight is what we described here. That's an infinity. That's another symbol that this covenant is eternal. He was keeping him from promising something he couldn't deliver, perfection. I believe these items, the smoking fire pot and the flaming torch represented God and Jesus. And God knew that Jesus would come and live out the required perfection and take Abraham's execution for violations for him. Doesn't that make sense? See, Jesus was the only one who ever lived perfectly. So he took the walk of death for us on the cross. And since he was perfect, his perfection protected Abraham and all the people of faith, who, by the way, will also sin at some point in, in time. Lord, thank you for noticing Abraham's great faith. Thank you for making a covenant on that day long ago. Thank you for honoring people of faith and giving them a place in scripture so we can know how to connect with you and draw close to you. Help me to have that same kind of faith as I live each day in Jesus' name. So what do we do to unite ourselves with God under the new covenant we live under? The biblical answer to that seems to be baptism. It's what does that. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, Amplified Version says, For by means of the personal agency of one Holy Spirit, we were all, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, baptized, and by baptism, united together into one body and all made to drink of one Holy Spirit. Are you looking for unity with Jesus in your daily walk? Baptism seems to have a unique way to connect us like that. Is baptism a work? No way. It's a response to God's grace. Is it magic water? No. It's a symbolic gesture that has spiritual implications that are critically important. Baptism symbolizes a change in direction, walking away from the ways of the world and walking toward God. Baptism is an act of submission. As David Platt, who wrote Radical, says, Baptism is part of the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18 to 20 says, therefore, go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
Baptism spiritually washes people, according to Acts 22, 16. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. It certainly isn't magic water, but according to scripture, it connects us with something in the unseen realm that helps us rid ourselves of our sin problem. Thus, it's a response to the completed work of Jesus on the cross. Baptism is the beginning of a new life walk that's different from the old life and old choices. Future choices show a kingdom focus. Romans 6, 4 says, we were buried therefore with him by the baptism into death. So just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, so we too might habitually live and behave in newness of life. So we're baptized into his death, and it means we're going to be raised in resurrection. So you could almost say baptism is the first step in your resurrection. Interesting thought. The new person that rises up from the waters of baptism is to walk a new life by making different decisions and being a better example. Does that make sense? Lord, help me to support and promote the unity of the body of Christ, of all believers everywhere. Forgive me for anything I've done in the past to damage that in Jesus' name. So in light of today's thoughts, let me suggest that part of your personal battle plan might be to consider participating in a modern day walk of death, a new covenant element, baptism into the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, signifying that he is now your Lord and King and Savior, confessing your need for him and his position as Son of God. You can go to activefaith.org and make a donation if you like. See you next time on Battle Plan where we'll cover the ancient covenant step six, Mark on the body. Let me invite you to keep praying because God is still on the throne and prayer still works. Uh, God loves you and I love you. Have a great day.